Welcome to the Lions Made Podcast, episode 43, which is also the last episode of 2020. We will be picking up with season three, continuing episodes in January. However, we're taking a two and a half week break for the holidays. <laughs> it's 2020, just need to get through the end and close out this year. And what a fitting final episode for 2020, as I have my friend, Coach Samuel Cook III, you can find him on Twitter, at Samuel J. Cook III, that's with three eyes, the cool way. Uh, as a guest today, and we're talking about athlete advocacy and do politics belong in sport? And we get really straight to the heart of the matter. Honestly, I forgot to even do an introduction with him. That's why I'm going to tell you right now what he does, because we just dove right into it. And this is such an important discussion about how athletes can use their platforms, but coaches as well, how we can use our voices, even when athletes are often told just dribble, shut up and play, or just stand up for the anthem, or why can't you just keep quiet, or you're too dumb, or you don't know anything about this, or whatever, and how to use our platforms for the things that are valuable to us, and how to develop those values, and how to develop that voice, and how to take risks and how to stand up for things and when it's appropriate and when it's not appropriate. So Sam is a fitness professional in New Orleans. He's also formerly a track coach. Currently, he's a personal trainer and he works with the government uh, of the city of New Orleans to create fitness courses and provide basically health opportunities for people in the community, which is really awesome. And his side gig, you could say, or his passion in life is criminal justice reform. He's a huge advocate for anti-racism, for Black Lives Matter, and for criminal justice reform. And he speaks to the power of just being like a normal person, just being a, a nobody, basically, uh, not being a politician, not being a, a business person or a professional advocate, basically, not being somebody in public policy, and creating a platform and creating an interest in something and taking the bull by the horns and doing something about it because you're passionate about it and because you see the need. So I'm just going to shut up and let Sam do the talking. Please go follow him on all of the internet things. He's a really awesome guy. And um, yeah, get out your notebooks because this is quite a conversation. Enjoy. And for those of you who celebrate, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, and I wish you all a very happy new year of sliding into 2021. May it be better than this year was. May we keep the faith. Maybe so. See you later. So let's roll into the question because I don't even know what to say to that. I need a second to process. <laughs> let's roll into the question of do politics belong in sports? <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, they do. Um, and it's just like you said, you've got to acknowledge um, athletes as people. Um, politics touch our lives in, in ways that uh, uh, whether you like it or not, they do. Um, whether you accept it or not, they do. Whether you acknowledge it or not, they do. And so, um, again, when you're, you know, I, I go back to that experience when you've got a terrible economy and you've got, at, you know, you're working with athletes that, whose parents can't keep the lights on. Uh, that has an effect uh, on, on their ability to be productive and their ability to uh, improve their performance and to perform at, at all. Um, I truly believe, again, that, you know, we have, a responsibility in many ways by dint of our platform uh, to use our voices to amplify uh, the voices that, that, that can't be heard in many ways. Uh, and so this idea that, you know, 
athletes should, you know, shut up and dribble or, uh, you know, I, I've, I, I know colleagues of ours that, you know, during the Black Lives Matters protests were terrified to say anything, um, would not say anything, would not speak out uh, because they were afraid that their next opportunity might be compromised because of that. Uh, but for me, um, you're going in and you're working with, uh, you know, depending on the, uh, depending on the sport, uh, you're going in and you're working with largely African-American or uh, largely women or, and, and if you're not able to affirm that their life matters and their so What are we doing here? Matters, what are you doing here? <laughs> Uh, because I think that, they, you know, when you get to that point that you're not able to do that, now you're, you're the machine. They're a number. They're, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're um, you know, Statistic just now. another, yeah, they're just, they're, they're, they're just another stepping stone for you to get to the next place. And you can say that this person improved their, you know, improved their, their, uh, their clean from this to this and, and, and but they're people as well, and you have to respect their experiences. Um, and so I think that even, you know, as, as strength coaches, we have a responsibility to uh, acknowledge uh, and participate in the process uh, because it's going to touch us all. Uh, and and the, the, uh, the political process is not exclusive of anyone, regardless of industry. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Everybody has to invest in doing the work, regardless what their platform is, industry is, and whatnot. But would you say that sport is inherently political or people are political and because people are in sport, thus? You know, I, I've always said that sport has the power to unify. Um, but I think that sport also has the power to, to spark conversation. Um, and so I, I think that it's both. I think that people are, are inherently political, but I think that sport is inherently political. Uh, mm -hmm. No sport is as political as war. Well, you know, what is what is sport? But, you know, but war. Uh, so I think that it has the capacity to spark conversation. And there's a way to do this. Uh, and I, I'm not Pollyanna ish, uh, Julia, there's a way to have debate in sport, have discourse in sport that is respectful. It's difficult to have that conversation when you've got one side that refuses to affirm the dignity of the other side. Um, when you have athletes that are saying Black Lives Matter um, or LGBTQIA lives matter, and you can't even acknowledge that, yes, their life is important, um, that becomes problematic. Um, and it's difficult to start a conversation around that when you can't affirm a basic human, human right. Yeah, so when you don't have step one, you can't agree on step one, why are we discussing beyond step one? Absolutely. But I do think, to go back to, the, to your initial question, um, it is important that we are in some ways forcing the conversation, that we're confronting the things that make us uncomfortable and issues of race and gender and sexuality make us uncomfortable. But uh, I, I believe fundamentally that to, for too long, we've been comfortable with not discussing these things and allowing uh, these issues to fester, uh, issues of race, issues of gender, issues of sexuality to fester. Uh, and I think that 
athletes with the platforms that they have. When you've got a LeBron James or a Naomi Osaka, that they have these massive platforms, they're able to spark conversation. Um, but at the same time, it's going to require everyone to acknowledge and to be willing to have respectful discourse. Uh, and I think that's something that's missing. Um, I think that you've got some folks that want you to acknowledge and to respect their perspective, but uh, they don't have to acknowledge or respect yours. And that's mm. problematic. That would be, correct me if I'm wrong, but that would be the epitome of privilege or? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I should be able to discriminate against you. Um, I you should can't be touch able, me. You can't touch me. I, I'm untouchable. Uh, my views are sacrosanct. Uh, and you get this cloud and you, you know, of, well, I'm not really a bit, I'm just going to say it. I'm not really a bigot, uh, but you're not respecting my religious beliefs. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really a homophobe. You know, I just believe this, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I don't have a racist bone in my body, but I don't want you to live next door to me. Right. Uh, I'm not a racist, but you can't kneel for right. the anthem, for the national anthem. You know, let's call a thing, call a thing a thing. And, and that's my, you know, I would rather you say, listen, this makes me uncomfortable. Um, this gives me pause when I see an athlete kneeling uh, during the national anthem than to obscure the way you really feel under uh, you're disrespecting the flag. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, a lot of times those instead of being forthcoming and honest about the way they feel, some folks will consolidate it into you know, sloganeering, <laughs> you know, again, disrespecting the flag. Uh, uh, you, you know, you're disrespecting my religious liberties. And I'm a religious person. Um, I grew, you know, I, I come from a very religious family, a uh, family of ministers for generations. Uh, I, I have a great deal of respect for religion, uh, but my religion does not entitle me to disrespect other folks. That's not what the book, that's not what the good book says. <laughs> that's not even what it's about. I don't know which it's, person they're following, but yeah, it's not it's like the same one as me. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure love thy neighbor doesn't mean, you know, unless they're black or unless they're gay right. or unless they're, you know, Arab. Or, it's love your white cisgender male right, <laughs> heterosexual yeah, neighbor. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not what it said. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not either. Um, I know, at least from my listeners, a lot of them are athletes, and I know a lot of them are in college, semi-professional, professional, and how can they learn how to use their platform in a way that's political while, you know, we want people to hear us. There are times when we need to be disrespectful to get the attention. I'm 100% for that because people are being ignored. People don't listen, period, end of story. How can people learn how to use their platforms to be more than just athletes? Of course, there will always be people who say, just dribble the ball. As you said, hey, Cap, just throw. Hey, just stand up. Hey, just do this and oversimplify it as if they're not humans. So how can athletes, like from the beginning on, as they develop, allow that to part of them to come out and use their platform and let that be part of their identity, I guess is what I'm asking. Well, I think that it's important. You know, we all, I think that we all have issues that are, um, near and dear to our hearts. And I think that 
it's got to be something that is uh, that you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you become passionate about it, it's like with anything else with your sport, give 110 percent. Um, one of one of those issues for me is criminal justice reform. Um, And that was because of some experiences with uh, family and friends. Um, And that's even in your Twitter bio. (laughs) Yeah, it's important. You know, I came to realize that um, you can do more than one thing. You can be more than a strength coach. You can be more than a fitness manager. You can be more than an athlete. Um, And that you can, you know, you bring a unique perspective uh, and a unique voice uh, to um, these issues. Uh, there are times in, 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 in there are spaces, Julia, I'm going to be honest with you, where, you know, I've been uh, in, uh, I did a criminal justice, uh, uh, I did a, uh, a criminal justice, uh, I mean, the word is skipping, is skipping, like a fellowship recently. Mm-hmm. And um, I really, I felt out of place. Um, because I'm like, oh, you know, these folks, they're committing their lives to this. And it's, you know, they, they do it in their, you know, their, it's their day job. It's their night job. They're so passionate about it. And I had to realize that you bring a voice as well. And you are, you have a capacity to reach folks that they're not, you know, that in some ways the career criminal justice reformers won't, uh, because listen, when the, you know, the, the guys and young ladies on my Twitter feed that are looking to, you know, figure out setting rep schemes, rest intervals, percentages, if I can give them a little bit of <laughs> reform in the criminal justice system and that sparks their interest, it sparks a conversation. Um, yeah. Now I've been able to impact someone in a way that they may not get that otherwise. Um, I, I, so, you know, I think, it, you know, the, the, the first part is to find something that you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. I think the second part is to research it and to know what you're talking about, because you do have a voice and you, you do have a platform. Um, and so, you know, you got to have a, a, a degree of knowledge and expertise about what you're, uh, what you're interested in. And then the second, the, the final thing to me is to immerse yourself in it as much as possible. Uh, to, you know, become involved in fellowships, to lend your voice to campaigns, to lend your, your voice to uh, initiatives, uh, because uh, the world will listen, I think, in many ways to voices uh, that uh, are uncommon. And I think that that's really one of the uh, unique things about you know, kind of the, the, the athlete activist is that it's an uncommon voice. And it's a voice that um, when they listen, that people, when they talk, people listen. And so when LeBron James is talking about, uh, you know, voting rights, uh, when, uh, you know, when Colin Kaepernick is talking about uh, police brutality, people listen. Uh, and they've been able to spark massive movements um, that, uh I believe have have affected change. I mean, look at what the NBA recently was able to do with uh, voting rights. That was major. Uh, And, you know, I was, I was fortunate to be able to uh, early vote at the Smoothie King Center. And it was an amazing experience. Uh, Folks are in there, they're taking pictures, they're taking video, uh, because it was the Smoothie King Center, and they were excited to be in the Smoothie King Center. Uh, I do think um, that there is, you know, in, in some ways to be cautionary, uh, be respectful, 
don't compromise your uh, don't compromise yourself uh, by getting bogged down in the mishigas of some of these conversations. Remain above the fray. There's there's nothing for you down in the muck. Um, <laughs> there's nothing for you know. Look, I've I you know, and I'm sure you do too. We get those, you know, those jerks that you know when if again if you're tweeting about uh, about sports or about training, they're fine. But the second you say Black Lives Matter, it's like, you know, I'm unfollowing you. Let them go. Yeah. Let them go. Uh, because, you know, that's more indicative of, 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 of them and something they've got going on than you. Uh, so, you know, that would be one. I think the, the cautionary aspect of it is, um, to borrow a turn phrase, don't get ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> Or as as um, Michelle Obama would say, I wish I could remember who tweeted this. Of course, she said, when they go low, we go high. But somebody tweeted, Michelle said, when they go, uh, y'all can go high, but I'm going in the middle because Jesus is still working on me. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Which is kind of my I'm mood. I'm kind of in the middle. Like, there's been a couple of times and I've been like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and remove this person because... <laughs> You know, this is this is gonna get a little uh, little little dicey, but there have been um, a couple of times important. when I haven't been able to just you know step back and log out and be like, okay, <laughs> bye, whatever you're gonna do. When people are like, I'm unfollowing you for blah blah blah, I'm like, bye, exclamation <laughs> point, exclamation <laughs> point, peace, peace out. Uh, you, know, <laughs> it, you know, and but that you know, and I I remember you know, especially at the height of the protest, um, you know, I went out. And, you know, I remember people being like, you know, you, aren't you afraid you're going to lose your job? And I'm like, listen, if these folks let me go because I went out and I said that Black Lives Matter, I'm not busting windows. I'm not assaulting folks. I'm just going out saying, listen, I'm affirming the fact that Black Lives Matter. Yeah, all lives matter. I believe that. Latino lives, LGBTQIA lives. not what we're talking about right now, though. <laughs> But I'm also saying, look, Black Lives Matter. And I said, listen, if they're going to get rid of me for, for that, I don't want to work for them. I don't want to. And so, you know, fortunately, I, you know, I never had any issues like that. But that was a decision that, that I had to make. And I'm going to be honest with you. I saw some of our colleagues that, frankly, during that, that, that season and during that, uh, you know, that, that, that time, um, I took note of their silence. Mm -hmm. And I know if I took note of it, and I know if you took note of it, I know their athletes took note of it. Yeah. Now, maybe the people that matter to them uh, also took note of, of the fact that they said nothing, or you tweeted a Bible verse, or you- About peace. You know, <laughs> yes, you know, <laughs> you, you, talk, you, you talk in very flowery language about world. All God's children. <laughs> yeah, you know, look, maybe, maybe, maybe the people that, that matter to you um, took note of that, but I, I, you know, I think so did the you know the people that you matter to them. Um, I'll go back. I remember when I was coaching, and uh, you know, I was I, again I was a track coach, um, and we had a young man on the team that uh, the so his teammates suspected that he was gay. And um, I, we called a meet. I called a meeting, and and I told him, look, you know, and it was the craziest thing because, you know, 
for for whatever reason, these athletes felt comfortable to, to pass a little comment, you know, like in earshot to me. And and I called the media and I said, listen, we, there's no place for that here. Mm-hmm. We, that's not what we do here. And if that's who you are, you've got to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no place for homophobia in my program. There's no place for racism in my program. And, if it, you know, I, I, I brought that situation up to say, if you can't affirm that, and I don't know what the kids' interests are. I don't care, yeah. frankly. Uh, Just the fact that it was notable to that kid. The, it, you know, I wanted him to know that you've got a friend and you've got an ally in me and that if if – if that's their issue, now look, he wasn't a great athlete. You know, I said, listen, that's, <laughs> that's the, a different story. That's what we evaluate here. Look, if your times <laughs> are slow, that's a problem. <laughs> but 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 whatever you do outside of here, because we are we're a family. And I told him that. I said, we're a family. And so we accept one another no matter what. And so uh, for me, it was important to do that and to do it publicly. Not to chastise them behind closed doors and to say, hey, y'all shouldn't do that, but to call them out publicly and for everyone on that team to know that, listen, coach says the way I live my life is okay. That was what was important to me. And that's why, I, you know, again, you know, some of these folks, you know, I did, and these, some of these are like lions of industry, Julia, people that I look up to. Yeah. And I'm just like, yikes, show me who you really are. Mm-hmm. We're not even getting into the the ones that were just like, you know, lock them up. You know, and there were some that were, right. you know, I, I won't call names without, you know, I can remember one, uh, you know, lion of the strength industry that, you know, when I looked at his Twitter feed, I was just like, I'm disappointed that I- Oh, the strength and conditioning industry was a major disappointment during the Black Lives Matter protests. Absolutely yeah. abysmal. I mean, I, I was, I, it, it hurt, you know, cause I'm like, I'm, I'm again, I'm disappointed that I've read your books. Yeah. I'm disappointed that I've listened to your podcast. I'm disappointed that I've supported anything you do. And I'm frankly concerned that you're working with, again, largely African-American athletes day in and day out. And this is how you really feel about them. Yeah. This is how you really feel about this movement that, you know, you're not going to, you know, I can't sit here and say that I agree with every element of every movement that, that goes on. There are always going to be elements that you don't agree with, but I'm not going to cherry pick those, you know, to, so that I can invalidate an entire right. uh, movement. And so uh, it, that was highly disappointing for me. But again, um, it was important for me to, you know, for me to speak out. And I appreciated you as well for being so outspoken um, because in some ways maybe it did, uh, you know, there was capacity for, for, for risk. Um, but it was a risk that, you know, I was willing to take, and I know you were willing to take and many athletes were willing to take to say, look, this is what we believe in. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. You know, at the risk of losing scholarships at the risk of losing jobs at the risk of whatever. But again, we're fighting over somebody's livelihood and ability to live a normal life like the rest of us (laughs) or the rest of us, white people and cisgender people, like, Absolutely. This Absolutely. isn't like we're fighting over whether we can have chocolate or vanilla, or it's not right. over. Do you like black or do you like white? It's like, is this person with this color skin or this person with this kind of interest or this person in this body, are they allowed to have the same rights and privileges as me? Yes or no? 
Absolutely. It's a, you know, to me, it was about, and you know, I, when I, when I went to the Black Lives Matters, uh, Matter uh, protest, you know, I, I made a, uh, I made a sign and I, I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, effectively, the quote was, it was by W.B. Du Bois, who was a sociologist, um, and he led the NAACP for a while. And he was also a writer and a college professor. And he said um, something to the effect of, we protest for the ability to dream dreams. Mm. Uh, and 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 that's it struck me because that is what this is about. It's about the idea that if you're uh, an African-American, whether you're an athlete or, or not, you know, when the police pull up behind me, Julia, I get nervous. And there have been times when I've been afraid, am I going to make it home to my family? Uh, and I know that many of our athletes have that same experience. Um, if I get pulled over and, you know, and, and, you know, what's, what's going to be the outcome? And so it's about, you know, am I, am I going to end up like George Floyd or Maude Avery or, or, you know, so to me, it was about affirming that we're able to lead the lives that we want to leave if, if it's in sports, if it's in, uh, in, in private industry or what, if it's in government, what have you, that we're allowed to actualize our lives and not have them cut short because of a system, whether it's the criminal justice reform or whether it's extra, extra judicial killings by police, or, uh, if in the, in, you know, in some cases, uh, you've seen folks that have been, uh, killed, you know, in some ways by mob or by folks that, you know, oh, I thought you were, you know, I, I, I thought he had a gun or I thought he was a robber, or, you know, again, these, you know, kind of extra, extra judicial killings. Um, those are lives cut short. That who knows what they could have been? Who knows what these folks would have, you know, would have, would have become in life um, had they not been tragically cut short by a system that in, in far too many ways doesn't acknowledge uh, that their life mattered um, and that their life was important and that their life uh, had meaning and uh, should be preserved. And that's a scary thing. And so I protested again just because of that, because I wanted to stand out there and say, it's important that you know, Black Lives Matter because we deserve the same opportunity to become successful or not as yeah. everyone else. And please correct me if I'm wrong, because I probably am. But as far as I know, in most of those cases, not that you can put a price tag on somebody's life, but those families weren't norm normally compensated either for the loss of their no. son. No, that's somebody's child. That's always what I think. Like that's somebody's dad, that's somebody's mom, that's somebody's sibling. Somebody, you know, gave birth to that kid, probably loved that kid, raised that kid with the best intentions, whether it went well or not. Um, and you can't put a price tag on human life, but even in you know criminal criminal circumstances when they are executed by the police or um, unjustly killed or criminal justice being a, a mess, they're not compensated appropriately anyway. So. No, no, and it, you know it's 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 just such a sad commentary, um, and it's it's a terrifying thing. Um, and until we get real meaningful reform, and until we get folks that are not afraid to take on special interests. Um, that don't want to see reform. Um, I don't know that we'll see real change, um, but we have to continue to, to, to push for it. I don't know any other industry, uh, Julia. If 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 I'm a you know if, if I'm abusive to athletes, my career is over. I can't go to the next town over and 
get another job as a strength coach. Uh, I can't go to Jefferson Parish and run their fitness program if I abuse someone here. Um, so you probably it. lose your CPT and get <laughs> stuck yeah. on some list somewhere. Yeah, you know, so so um, those, you know, we do need real meaningful reform. And I think that we need, you know, to kind of go back to what you were saying earlier, we need all voices at the table. Um, and certainly those of us um, that have, uh, uh, that have platforms because, you know, so many folks out there, uh, they don't, and they don't have a voice and their voices, you know, it's easy to, you know, it's easy to silence, you know, the person that's making 13 bucks an hour, you know, working. I'm with you. Sorry, I lost you there for a second, but I got you now. No worries. It, even the internet is sometimes like, listen, <laughs> it's late. How, how long are you going to sit at your desk today? I know. No. <laughs> um, but I wanted to bring up one thing that you said earlier about talking about athlete activism and getting people to listen. And you, you mentioned Naomi, who to me, I thought her placement was brilliant because there's many ways to discuss this, but with the masks and a different name every single day and the fact that she won, just like her success, Absolutely. how incredible she is. I mean, I admire her so much as an athlete anyway. She's incredible. Um, but her placement of that was just amazing. And you mentioned that um, it basically makes people stop to pause. And, you know, even when we coaches or athletes just tweet one thing and in the mess of sets and rep schemes and plyometrics versus sprinting and whatever, random conversations that we have every single day and just repeat ourselves constantly. When you put one tweet into the void that makes somebody stop to pause and puts that into their brain, even if they disagree, even if they don't like it, even if they, you know, a lot of people will be like, you're an athlete, sit down, as you said, just keep dribbling. They still thought about it. Like you still made them stop and think for a second and um, halted the run of their day as, you know, a racist or a bigot or whatever their, their yes. thing is, <laughs> a white supremacist, whatever you, you halted their train of thought and made them stop to think. And at least, you know, it takes effort to be against something. So at least you're making them position themselves. So when we talk about athlete activism, whatever your cause is, you know, athletes out there who are listening, you're still making people stop to think. You don't have to beat people over the head all the time if that's not your thing. It's my thing sometimes, depending on the run of the year. Right. Um, but that's not always the case. You can still drip the things that are important to you and your values and your causes and know that you're still making people stop to think, even if they disagree, even if they say, I'm going to unfollow you, whatever. You made them take the extra 30 seconds out of their day to write the damn tweet. Hey, I hate this. I'm going to unfollow you because you made them stop to think. And they position themselves. Is that right, Sam? Am I like on the right track? No, you're you're no, you're completely right. And it's it's affirming the humanity of the athlete. It's affirming them as a total person. Um, and I think that in so many ways, society looks at all of us as just you know kind of um, one dimensional. You know, Julia, you're a strength coach and a strength coach only, but you're a person yeah. as well. Right. You have interests. You've got flaws. You've got you know trauma. You've got uh, 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 you know all of these all of these things that make you uh, a three hundred sixty degree person. Yeah. Um, and I think that um, it is important for athletes to have 
um, to be well-rounded. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it doesn't always have to be, you know, this is what I did on the court or this is what I did on the field. Um, or, or you, you know, you, you can have interest and you can have, uh, 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 you can have issues that are of import to you and you can, um, speak out about those issues. Uh, and I think that's, I, I definitely think that that's uh, a vital thing. Winning helps. Uh, <laughs> it does. Winning, <laughs> winning always helps. Um, but I appreciate even uh, Gwen Berry, uh, you know, and her level of activism uh, and what she's, you know, and, 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 and how she's been able to cultivate a conversation. Um, and, and, and you're starting to see that as well, where you're having athletes to come out and have conversations about equity and inclusion um, and parity in uh, governing bodies. Uh, and that was kind of one of the things with, with, with Gwen was like, hey, USA Track and Field, not, you know, uh, some of these other, you know, corporations, like there's a cost to our activism and that's a conversation as well. Uh, so I think that, you know, that's something that's, that, that, uh, that's vital. Um, and, and I certainly appreciate it because we need those voices uh, and we need that well-roundedness. Uh, you know, now look, this that's not a substitute for, you know, production um, on court, on field, on track. Mm-hmm. But you are, you, you know, you're able to uh, set the narrative in many ways and show people that, you know, you're a, a well-rounded person. Mm-hmm. And eventually the time comes to put words into actions as well, as you said. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially those of us who have more to give than words and more than just a platform, or we don't have a platform, better be putting some, some muscle and some elbow grease in behind it. Yeah. Because if Sam catches you not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> going to be a problem. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're going to have an issue. Um, my charge, that was an amazing charge. My charge to white people <laughs> would be... Um, don't start talking just when a, a protest comes up and just when it becomes an issue or just when it starts to affect somebody that you care about. It actually matters 365 days a year and 24 hours of the day and not just when somebody dies because uh, those are just the ones we know about. So keep talking and doing. And if you don't Absolutely. do and just talk, I'll beat your ass. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, please, it really does matter. So yes. Sam, thank you so much. <laughs> I'm like blown away. Um, I love your Twitter feed and always have. And I really loved um, during election season, how you were charging everybody like literally three times a day. So what's your voting plan? What's your early voting plan? What's your voting plan? (laughs) Vote Biden Harris. (laughs) Yeah, they're attacking everybody. And I'm in Germany, so I couldn't get to early voting or something like this, but all my stuff was taken care of way in advance. And you were still after my ass. Like, so did you vote? Did you vote? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that kind of relentless energy is what we need uh, in the strength and conditioning industry and not just about sport. Because even strength coaches are humans as well, not just strength coaches and need to be actively involved in the community just like that. It's really important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for acknowledging everyone's humans. Thank you. Thank you.